Hello and welcome to the Your Family Through Time podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Sarah and I'm a genealogist and family historian. You can find out more about the research services I offer at my website www.yourfamilythroughtime.co.uk. In this final podcast of this series talking about census returns, I'm going to talk about the 1939 National Register. Whilst not a census per se, with the 1931 census records having been destroyed in the Second World War and no census having been taken during the Second World War, the 1939 register is akin to a census, albeit doesn't include the same level of information. The 1939 register was taken on the 29th of September 1939, just three weeks after war had been declared on the 3rd of September. It was taken because the government needed to carry out an emergency wartime register for the purposes of creating a wartime register and issuing both identity and ration cards. The register was to be taken throughout the UK, including the Isle of Man and the Channel Islands, although it's only the records of England and Wales which have been digitised. Unfortunately, the records for the Isle of Man and the Channel Islands have not survived, whilst records for Scotland can be requested from the National Records of Scotland and the records for Northern Ireland can be requested from the Public Record Office of Northern Ireland. Everyone was to be included, with the exception of those already in the armed services. Those who had already been conscripted would have been registered along with the regular armed forces who had their own system of identity cards and rationing. However, given that conscription didn't begin in earnest until 1970, many of our ancestors who served in the Second World War would still have been civilians when the register was taken. The schedules were delivered to each household or institution before the 29th of September and were to be completed by the householders or institutions on that night. When the registers were collected, the enumerators would issue each person with their identity card, which would be completed by hand. The enumerators would need to return as many times as it took to collect the completed schedules and deliver the identity cards. In theory, this meant that every person should be included on the register, including shift workers, itinerant workers, people living in caravans or barges, or anyone else who might be moving around the country for some reason. Those who deliberately avoided the enumerator or avoided completing the register, most likely because they were trying to avoid conscription, were in a minority. In most cases, failure to register was due to misunderstanding or a force of circumstances. And when people realised that this meant they wouldn't receive identity cards or a ration book, people were quick to sign up. But only those who were registered on the 29th of September 1939 will be found in the online registers. The enumerators would then copy the household schedules into transcription books and it is these transcription books which are available online. They were initially released on the Find My Pass website but are now also available on other commercial websites such as um, Ancestry. 
The completed transcription books were sent to the National Registration Headquarters at Southport in Lancashire, whilst the household schedules were sent to local food offices to prepare ration books, and then to the local National Registration Office where an index card would be created for each person in that borough or district. Because the 1939 register became the foundation of a national register, details were continually updated with additional books being compiled listing newly, those who were newly born and uh, newly arrived in the country and anyone who had been omitted from the initial enumeration. This national register was used by the NHS when it was newly formed in 1948 and after national registration ended on, in um, February 1952, the register continued to be used as a central register for the NHS. So what information does it contain? It contains full names, sex, full dates of birth, marital status and occupations. Where people were recorded in, in institutions, the register will show whether they were an officer, a visitor, a servant, a patient or an inmate. And because of the register's alternate uses um, and its updating, for women who were married after the initial register had been created, it has been annotated with their married names. The 1939 register therefore does provide an invaluable source to the family historian in finding details of their ancestors at the start of the Second World War, not least because it provides full dates of birth, but also a female ancestor's married name. However, dates are not always accurate. I've certainly found in my own family history that either the date or the month may be correct, but the year is incorrect, or vice versa. This may of course be due to transcription errors, or a simple error by the person completing the schedule, recording the incorrect year of birth or date, and in some cases may have been to try and avoid conscription. Making knowingly false statements was a serious offence. There was one case where a man was sentenced to three months imprisonment for falsely claiming he was born in 1895, which would have made him 44 years of age in 1939, when in fact he was born in 1902, making him 37 years of age. The upper age limit for conscription was 41 years. He was obviously therefore trying to avoid conscription. Also in institutions housing mainly elderly people, it's not unusual to see only the year being recorded rather than the full date of birth. When viewing the online records, you may note the transcription books extend over a double page for each entry, but only the left-hand page and the first column of the right-hand page are available as a digitised entry. This is because the remainder of the right-hand page may contain sensitive medical information which has been added by the NHS, and it's therefore been redacted indefinitely. If you can't find your ancestor, due to confidentiality rulings, people still alive um, after 1991 are redacted. However, those records can be unlocked upon the submission of proof of death of an individual to either find my past on their website or at the National Archives. If you're struggling to find your ancestors or would like to know more about your ancestors or you don't know where to start, and would like some help, simply visit my website or email me sarah at yourfamilythroughtime.co.uk. Thank you for listening.